Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Um, I have been battling a sore throat, and I feel like it's getting better, but I feel like my throat is so... Um, I don't know how to describe it like thick, so I feel like I sound kind of funny, but today I wanted to kind of dive into four things that I used. So, um, about two weeks ago, was it only one week ago? Week and a half. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember, but I ran a behavior challenge, a three day behavior challenge. And the second day, was on identifying triggers because if we can't identify them, then obviously we can't start to address them if we're not aware of what they are. But today I wanted to take it a step further because we can know what our triggers are and still be triggered. And so these are the things that I started doing as I was learning how to process old wounds and hurts These are the things that I used like in the moment that really helped me uh, because we can't just go from knowing our triggers to suddenly not having them anymore. (laughs) Like there's a process still. And so I wanted to share them with you in case you took that challenge or you are recognizing, you know, certain things are triggering for you, but you're still not at the, the point where, you know, you've worked on processing them or maybe you don't know how to do that. So the first one is essential oils. And um, the reason I love this strategy is because it's simple, it's easy, you can keep them where you need to, but also because the more consistently that you use the same oil and work on calming your body and taking deep breaths, eventually you create this um, like pattern and memory in your brain so have you ever smelled something and it like brought you back to maybe like your grandma's house or a special memory or reminded you of somebody so essentially that's what this is doing as you continue to consistently use that oil it can trigger you into that calm state as you're practicing regulating your body it can kind of start that process even without even doing the full-on deep breathing exercise. So what I would do is I would just pick one oil um, meant for like calming, stress reduction, overwhelm, all that stuff. And I would keep it on our kitchen counter because it's kind of the center of our upstairs living area. And honestly, I would just grab the bottle and open it and take deep breaths. Um, the, the great thing about taking deep breaths, like I used to think, well, what can, what can deep breathing really do, you know? But actually, it's really effective because 
Our vagus nerve, if you've not heard of it, is our longest cranial nerve. It runs from our brain all the way down into like our stomach or intestines. I can't remember exactly, but it's obviously really long. And it connects all of our major organs and our body systems. The only automatic body system that we can actually also control is our breathing. And so when we start taking deep breaths, it helps... um, all the other body systems along that vagus nerve to also start calming down. So as you're taking deep breaths, your blood pressure might be lowering, um, your heart rate is slowing. So not only are you impacting your breathing, but you're impacting your entire body. So taking deep breaths is actually really effective. And then pairing it with this calming oil, when you um, breathe in a scent, It goes through your olfactory nerve up into the limbic system of your brain, which is your emotional control center. So if you're using a calming oil, it is going to help your body calm down pair that with breathing like you are good to go. So sometimes, maybe this is a funny picture for you, but I can remember back, I'd have both of my kids crying at my feet and I would just be holding this oil bottle, like looking up, closing my eyes (laughs) and taking deep breaths so that I could respond in a way that I wanted to and not from this automatic, triggered, angry response. The second thing that I did if I was really, really, really struggling is I would take an adaptive capsule. So this is essentially like the oils in a capsule form, um, but it also has a GABA neurotransmitter. GABA, not GABO. <laughs> GABA neurotransmitter, and that literally helps to calm your brain. And so if I felt like I just could not keep it together and I was really having a tough time, maybe I tried the deep breathing and it didn't last long enough or my kids were just having a particularly tough day, then I would take one of these capsules. Um, You could also proactively take it like, you know, just every morning or maybe your kids, like maybe mornings aren't hard for you and you get your kids off to school or something and it's afternoons that are hard for you. Um, This would be a great thing. Like you could just take regularly. I didn't feel like I needed it regularly. It was just in those moments that were particularly challenging. Uh, And then I also started taking magnesium. So I'm no nutrition therapy practitioner. Um, I did have one though. And um, the magnesium that I take is specifically for um, just like stress and helping to calm the body. But also, you know, we are generally deficient in magnesium and the more stressed we are the more deficient that we are so that would also be a good one to add in or you know consider adding in or you know talk with your doctor or whoever about it um i will link the ones that i used in the show notes in case you find that interesting you want to check it out and then the last thing that really helps not only in the moment but Um, can be helpful in actually starting to process your triggers and work through them is journaling. And um, right now, because I've gone through this process enough, it's more of a reflection in my mind, not necessarily something that I need to journal out. So, um, you know, and I know like as busy moms, especially if you're, you know, at home with your kids, you aren't necessarily able to just go and take a break and journal. But even if it's not like right in the moment, it would be something good to do when you have the opportunity. So what I do, and now it's kind of just become a habit and a routine for me, and something that I can do in the moment because I'm not writing it, I'm reflecting in my mind. So when I'm doing this, I am going through these 
kinds of questions. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can hear my kids in the background. Hopefully Luella stays asleep, but my husband's home today. So anyway, um, so the first one that I think about is like, why am I feeling so strongly about this? Like what, why is this so triggering for me? And then what is the underlying feeling? Because something might be triggering you, but it's not actually like the underlying feeling isn't actually maybe obvious sometimes. Like you have to dig a little deeper. Like for example, when our kids have aggressive behavior, like we might look at it and say, oh, they're angry. But really the feeling, the underlying feeling is often fear. So taking like, why am I feeling so strongly? What is underlying here? And then why is it such a struggle for me? So that your brain can start to work through some of these things. So I wanted to give you just a quick example that I had the other night that I like actually did this in my mind. And um, it just really helped me kind of come back to myself in the moment. So if you don't know, I have um, a three-month-old. And so obviously she's up in the night. And we have been struggling with reflux a little bit. And it like from the beginning, I knew she had reflux, but it's been getting really bad. Like we're at night, particularly she looks like she's just in so much pain. And I finally realized it was chocolate, unfortunately, even my chocolate, you know, like protein powder. And so I think it was one of these nights where like she would fall asleep, but she was uncomfortable and she just wouldn't stay asleep. And so I was up in the middle of the night and I was starting to get, like, I was starting to feel myself get kind of angry. Like, I just want to go to sleep and being, you know, like upset at my husband who's sleeping peacefully through all of this. And so I just stopped myself because obviously I'm not angry at my, my baby (laughs) and I know it's not her fault, right? Like I'm not upset that like, I feel bad for her. She's uncomfortable, but this anger is starting to well up in me. And so I, I paused for a second. I just like, why am I feeling so angry about this? Like what's underlying here? And I realized that in the middle of the night and why I was so, um, like, and you're just sleeping right through it sort of a thing is because I felt lonely and, or like alone in this situation. Obviously there's mothers all over the world dealing with this situation, but they're not in your house with you. And then I thought a little bit further, like, why is feeling alone in this moment or feeling lonely, like going through this process, so much of a struggle that it's bringing up this anger for me? And I realized it's because it's triggering rejection for me. And, you know, for so much of my life, I have felt rejected, Um, you know, starting in like fifth grade, I can remember just different things all throughout, even into college, like so many different Um, situations where I personally felt rejected. And so this instance, while feeling angry that I'm up in the middle of the night, at first doesn't appear like it has anything to do with rejection. When you take a second and you walk yourself through these questions, you actually realize what's really coming up for you. And so that would be a practice I would encourage you to do. And especially if it feels hard at first, start journaling. Um, I had to do some different um, exercises in the training I did, which really helped me kind of come to more awareness of what the underlying things were for me. And so if you're not at that place where you can pinpoint anything, that's okay. Just journal, journal, whatever's coming up for you. You know, if, if your child, um, 
like did something that really made you upset, start there. Like just start writing and it doesn't have to make any sense. Obviously nobody needs to read it. Just write whatever is coming out. Um, I don't know if you ever did that exercise in English, but basically it was like, allow your brain to go wherever it's going to go. And if it changes a subject in the middle of a sentence, just change what you're writing. And then we had to go back and like circle all the different, like all the different directions our mind went. That's kind of the idea here is that you just write and wherever your brain is leading you, you write that um, because your brain knows what it needs to process. We just usually don't give it that time and space. So if you don't feel like you're at the point where you can just reflect in your mind, that's okay. I have been doing this for years. So I'm finally at the point where I can walk myself through these things and you might be able to do it. Um, but if you're, if you're not able to, that's okay. Um, I would highly encourage you to start journaling it out though. And even, um, journaling a few minutes a day, um, or if you're a verbal processor talking out loud to yourself, like sit in the car and talk through it or download the Voxer app and have a conversation with yourself and do it. Um, just whatever so that your brain can start to have space for this information to flow. That's how you're going to start processing some of these things and allow yourself to actually work through them so they aren't so much of a trigger for you. So if that was helpful <clears throat> and you want to um, look into any of the things I mentioned, I'm going to put the links in the show notes. And I would also love to invite you to my new membership, monthly membership called the Motherhood Connection, where if you're struggling with triggers, if you're struggling with behaviors, um, it's just going to be this community for moms. So if you feel, if you ever feel lonely um, or you're like alone in certain behaviors, I've been there. And so I wanted to create a space for other moms um, to know you're not alone, but also to kind of get some good solid education on these practices at a much more reasonable, affordable price. So I'm going to put the details to that membership in the show notes as well. If you um, have any interest, check it out and I hope to see you there. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and take me at Kaylee Josiah and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.